This is Pastor Aaron at Oasis Baptist Church, and thank you for checking us out online. I pray that this message is an encouragement to you. It is good to be in church this morning. I am thankful for all of our workers with Awana. I know that it pushes things back, and I've got about an hour and ten minutes worth of sermon here. But uh, I, in all seriousness, that song is just... It's powerful to think there was a time when I was alone in my sorrow. There was a time when God came in and saved me and made me new, that gave me a freedom, that gave me a new life that I never had, that I never would have had outside of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And many of you sit here and you can celebrate and you can claim the same exact thing. And this morning I am going to dive right in here. And I'm going to do everything that I can to wrap up in a, in a few minutes. But I believe that this passage of Scripture is powerful. I believe that there's so many truths here. The greatest theme in the universe is the glory of God. We just sung of it, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The Bible refers to Jesus Christ. The Bible refers to God as God of glory, the, the King of glory. The Bible says that He is high and exalted, the the Father of glory, Jesus Christ as the Lord of glory. It speaks of the Spirit of glory. The Word of God speaks of God's greatness of His glory. Psalm chapter 57, be exalted above the heavens, O God, let your glory be above the earth. Blessed be His glorious name forever, and may the whole earth be filled with His glory. It says in Psalms 138 that great is the glory of the Lord. God's glory is in His creation. The heavens are telling of the glory of God, it says in Psalm 19. In Isaiah 6, it speaks of the whole earth is full of His glory. The most gracious and complete manifestation of God's glory is when Jesus Christ came as a babe and walked and talked. It speaks of it in John 1, that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. When Jesus began His ministry, began the work, one of the very first things, the first miracle that Jesus performed, He made this statement in John chapter 2, that it's the beginning of His signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee. And He said this, and manifested His glory, and His disciples believed in Him. We're going to be in John chapter 11 this morning, and if you're new with us, we are going through a series in the, entitled, I Am, and we're looking at and we're discovering who Jesus says that He is. In the Word of God, Jesus looked out as He was talking to the disciples at one point, and He looked out and He made a statement. He said, who do they say that I am? And then He looked at them and He said, but whom do you say that I am? The greatest thing that you and I, the one question that you and I have to answer at some point in our life, whether it's here on earth or it's in heaven, when we face God face to face is, who is Jesus Christ. And we have looked at this over the last several weeks, and we've got a couple more weeks to go, the seven I am statements in the book of John. But today we'll be in John chapter number 11. And we're going to look at the last of the most powerful of seven miraculous signs in the book of John here in this passage. The resurrection of Lazarus four days after he had died. 
In John chapter 11, I'm going to skip over a little bit here, but in John chapter 11, we'll go to verse number 27. I'm going to read, or verse 17, sorry, and I'm going to read to verse number 27, and then I'm going to pray and I'm going to go into some of this passage of Scripture. I pray that you have your Bible with you. Uh, Not every passage that I'm going to speak of is going to be on the screens this morning. Otherwise, everything would be up there. I just gave about... 10 different verses just in that small introduction, and so if you really want all of those, I can give all that to you, but uh, John chapter 11, starting in verse 17, it says this, then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off, and many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her in verse 23, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto her, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? In verse 27, she says, She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. Father God, I pray that you would use these next few minutes, that your word would speak to the hearts of each that sit here. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If we were to go back back to the very beginning of John chapter 11, and I'm going to briefly scan us or bring us right up to where we are here. But in this passage of Scripture, in the text, Jesus uh, begins to, to speak. He begins to make this statement, I am the resurrection of life. And if you've been with us over the last few weeks, one of the things I'm really trying to do is not just take the reference of what is being said. He has said, I am the bread of life. He has said, I am the light of the world. He has said that I am the door. He has said that I am the great shepherd. And we've looked at all of those. But in context of the entirety, what was going on? What was being said? I am the bread of life just before. Before that, what happened? He had just fed the 5,000. We looked at, I am the light of the world. And and, and if you remember, they were inside of the the temple gates. And inside of that, there was four pillars on each one of those that were about 75 feet tall that were full of oil. And they would take the light and they would light that 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 lantern, if you will, and it would light up and illuminate that entire area, but also the entire world, or the, the entire world, the entire city. And Jesus looked at them in the midst of that context, and He says, I am the light of the world. Jesus as the great shepherd, Jesus as the door, we've referenced all of those things. And this morning, I am the resurrection and the life. But why did He say that specific thing inside of this context? He had yet to raise Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus was still was still sick. He had not come to life at this point yet. So what was going on? And if we go through this passage of Scripture, there's many different times that it's mentioned. But here at the very beginning, we see that Lazarus was sick. In verse number 3, Therefore his sisters sent unto him, the sisters Mary and Martha, sent to Jesus to let him know that Lazarus was sick, that he was not doing good. And in verse number 4, Jesus makes this statement. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, 
that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. And as we look at this, and we look throughout this passage, there in verse number 4, it makes reference to the glory of God, that God would be glorified in this situation. He makes reference again uh, uh, several times uh, later, but he speaks of the glory of God. He also speaks that it would be that the glory of God, but also that they would believe. So we look at two thoughts, and I'm, I'm going to brush through a lot of this, but he speaks of two things, that the glory of God, but also that they would believe. So Jesus is beginning to speak to them, and I don't know about you, but I imagine to some regard when Jesus makes the reference, hey, it's okay, this is not unto death. I would imagine all of them were like, Jesus is about to do something. They all, they went and they said, hey, hey, Jesus, he is sick. And when Jesus comes and they're standing around, he says, oh, it's all right, because it's not unto death, but for the glory of God. They're all going, awesome. Jesus is about to speak and Lazarus is going to be healed. Jesus is about to leave everything. He's going to drop everything and he's going to go. I don't know how many of you have received a phone call ever in the middle of the night or in the middle of the day or it wasn't a good phone call and it was one of those, you need to get to the hospital, you need to get home, you need to come back, whatever it is. You drop everything you can and you figure out, how can I get back? I've been there. Many of you have been there. Jesus says, it's not unto death, but for the glory of God. And what does he do next? Now Jesus loved Martha, in verse number 6. And when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still. What does he do? Hey, it's not unto death. Everything's going to be all right. I got work to do. And he goes right back to doing what he was doing. We don't know what he was doing. But he sat still. He sat still in verse number uh, seven and, and move, moving forward. Then after that, he saith the new disciples, let us go. So we see Jesus. We, got, we know that Lazarus is sick. We know that he makes the reference that, that this is not unto death, but it's for the glory of God. And then we come and Jesus like, all right, it's now been a couple days. Hey guys, why don't we head on out and let's go. If you know the story, you know what happens. The the disciples are like, whoa, 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 time out. (laughs) Judea? Hey, Jesus, have you lost your mind? If you don't recall, it was about two or three days ago that the guys in Judea were trying to stone you and kill you, and you're wanting to go back? All right, let's go. Hey, we've got places to be. We've got to mess with and deal with Lazarus. Jesus answered them in verse number 9. Are there not 12 hours in the day? But as we continue to go on, he says, hey, we are, we are leaving. We are going. And he says in verse 11, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. And to which their response was what? If he's asleep, that's okay. He's sick. Sleep is good for a sick man. He'll wake up. It's okay. And Jesus eventually says, listen, you don't get what I'm saying. If you recall throughout all of these different teachings over the last several weeks, what is the one thing that we've looked at? There was a spiritual connection and a physical connection. They always reference the physical. Jesus was always speaking of the spiritual. Jesus finally looks at them and he says, listen, time out. Lazarus is dead. Lazarus is dead In verse number 
14. And he says this in 15, But I am glad, or and I am glad for your sakes, that I was not there to the intent, and listen to this, that ye may believe, nevertheless let us go. And Lazarus, or in Jesus, and those that were with him, begin to go. The funny in verse number 16, Thomas in all of his glory, as he always is, positive and excited about everything going on. Thomas says, hey, well, we might as well go. We're going to die anyways. Let's go. In verse 16, that's what he says. Good old doubting Thomas, right? He makes the claim, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow, let us also go that we may die with him. Some have said that that may have been a faith thing. Hey, I'm willing to go with Jesus and I'm going to be bold. And I, if it causes death, it causes the death. But as we look at this, we see the story kind of taking shape. And I have skimmed through a lot of this. But we see that, that they begin to go. And they begin to press forward and, and they move forward. In verse 17, then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain him in the grave four days. I don't know about you, but I've, always, I've often thought, what, is the, what does the four days mean? Has anybody else thought that? Anybody? Some of you might already know, and that's good. But in Scriptures, often it's referenced as what? Three days? Jonah was three days. And there's often these references of three days and three nights because that's what Jesus was, three days and three nights. Why four days? Well, the four days is very significant in the Jewish culture. When you passed, you would, get, you would go into the tomb, you would be buried immediately. They would take you right away and they would go and put you, uh, put you down. They would deal with all of that. And then inside of the Jewish tradition, some of the Jewish myth, myths and, and teachings were that for three days, your spirit would hover above your body in hopes that it would come back in and, and give life. But on the fourth day, there was no more opportunity for the spirit to go back in and therefore it, you were dead. And so Jesus waits around, and it makes the reference here, there's a reason that Jesus make, waits around, but it makes this reference that he had been in the grave for four days. And So we begin to look at this, and Jesus now comes in. He walks into the situation, and Jesus comes into the, to the setting. Martha runs to Jesus and says, Lord, if you had been here... Lazarus would never have died if you go backwards what did Jesus say it would never have he wasn't going to die it wasn't unto death but it was to the glory of God and just a moment late just a few minutes seconds ago I read in verse number 15 and I am glad for your sake that I wasn't there there was two things the glory of God that was going to be shown because of what was about to take place and also that those would believe and so he says, he said, he said, I'm glad for your sake that I wasn't there. But Martha says, Lord, if you had been here, you, wouldn't, you would have raised him. He would never have died. But then she says what? But I know, I know, I know that you know the Lord. I know that you, God, if, if whatever you ask, God will give it to thee. And Jesus, again, makes reference. Thy brother shall rise again. 
See, these are teachings that the Jews, Jewish culture, they had already known. They had, they had heard those teachings. In Job it says, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, yet my flesh shall I see God. Psalm 16 it speaks of it. Daniel chapter 12, And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. In John chapter 5, Jesus talked of it. In John chapter 6, Jesus talked of it. So knowing the resurrection was going to, there would be some bodily resurrection. That was, a, that was a teaching. They knew that. And so she makes the reference, I know. I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at that last day. And Jesus takes this moment and takes this opportunity and he says this. No, 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 time out. Martha, listen. That will happen. But right now, standing before you, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believe, that word believe again, believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. And he asks this question. He says, do you believe this? Do you believe this? And here's what he did not ask. He did not ask, do you believe that Lazarus could rise from the dead? Do you believe that such and such could be risen up? Do you believe that it will happen in the end days? He doesn't ask that question. He says, do you believe that I am the resurrection? Do you believe right now, Martha, do you believe that I am the resurrection and the life? See, there's a difference. I can believe that somebody may rise from the dead, but there's a difference to believe with the man standing in front of me, Jesus Christ, saying, no, 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 no. I am that. Where I am, there is resurrection. Where I am, there is life. And I am the resurrection and the life. This morning, the question that each and every one of us must answer at the same thing is, do you believe do you believe that Jesus Christ is the resurrection and the life? Do you believe that He has the power to do that? Do you believe that He is that? Martha goes and gets Mary. Mary comes, asks the same exact question. And in that moment, there is tears and there is weeping. And this is the second time in Jesus' ministry and throughout Scripture that it makes reference that Jesus was moved with compassion in another passage, but he wept. Why was Jesus weeping? See, Jesus didn't weep only because his friend had passed. Jesus was weeping because as he was looking out at the multitude of people that were there. See, just like if you were to go to a funeral service here, there would be people that were there. There in those times, there would be mourners that would come and they would stick with the family for up to a week and then longer sometimes. And they would mourn and they would cry and they would, they would celebrate together. They would do those things for up to that week. And so Jesus comes into this setting and all of that was taking place. And he saw Mary's tears and he saw the other's tears. And Jesus was moved, but he wasn't just moved because of the passing of his friend, he was moved because of sin and the brokenness and what sin does to the life of people. So we look at this, and it's within this context that Jesus makes those statements, I am the resurrection and the life. In John chapter 11, verse number 39 
we come to this passage and Jesus said, take ye away the stone. So Jesus is now there and he has asked them where Lazarus was. And Jesus says, take away the stone, Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh. For he hath been dead four days, and Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from that place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. Listen, this morning I've got three very simple thoughts. When we place our faith in Him, when we believe in the resurrection and the life, the first is a question, do you believe? Verse number 26, Jesus made the statement and He asked, Whosoever liveth and believeth in Me shall never die. And He asks the question, Believest thou this? Do you believe this? Do you believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? Jesus was claiming to be both resurrection and the life. He was saying, you must believe that same thing. Apart from Jesus, there is no resurrection. Apart from Jesus, there is no eternal life. Again, Jesus claiming deity, claiming that He is God, and saying that salvation only comes in and through Him. And He asks the question, do you believe? See, Jesus has seen the masses. Jesus has performed the miracles. Jesus has done all of those things. If you recall, back at the beginning when we first started, all of the people were fed, and they still looked at Him and they said, but what are you going to do for me? They were there and they saw it, but they didn't believe it. They didn't ever see the glory of God. They saw the things that were done for them. And he looks and he says, but do you believe? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the resurrection and the life? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is God? Do you believe this morning that Jesus Christ paid the debt, the penalty for your sins? Do you believe that you are a sinner in need of a Savior And that your sin has separated you from God. Do you believe that you can do nothing to fix that separation? And it's only in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and His blood that was shed and placing our faith and trust in Him that provides and gives us salvation. I ask you this morning, do you believe that? The first thought is that, do you believe? The second is belief. in the resurrection offers hope the the belief in the resurrection offers hope because jesus is the resurrection life there are no hopeless situations after four days they seemed that things were hopeless i don't know where you've been i don't know the prayers that you've had but there's been times in all of our lives where things seemed hopeless but god For some of you in this room, your life seemed hopeless and then you found Jesus and Jesus changed you and made you new. But God, you have no hope. Different people have different stories. As a young boy, I recognized my sin. I recognized that I needed a Savior. But it was as I grew and as I understood that I truly grasped 
though I was just a child, that my sin was just as wicked as a murderer on death row. And when I began to understand that I was hopeless as a seven-year-old boy, just as much as a 50-year-old alcoholic is hopeless without Jesus, it changes my life. Listen, when we believe in the resurrection, it offers hope. I ask you this morning, do you believe we have hope? Because Jesus conquered death. There is a cure for all of our struggles. There is a cure for our sin. There is a cure for that. And it's Jesus. It is the resurrection and the life. Lastly, this morning, belief in the resurrection provides freedom. Verse 44, we read, (coughs) And he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. And Jesus saith unto him, Loose him. And let him go. I don't know where you sit with the freedom in which you feel you have. But freedom to do whatever I want is not freedom. There's men and women that sit in this auditorium today. That they thought it was fun and they had freedom to drink that first drink. Until 20 and 30 years later, that drink that was giving them the freedom at 21, I can do whatever I want. I'll do whatever I want. Until you tried to stop it. And when you stopped it, you realized that the freedom that you thought you had wasn't freedom at all, except it was a bondage out of sin. And this morning, Jesus Christ died and rose again, not that you could do whatever that you want, but so that you can have freedom. Freedom to worship an Almighty God. Freedom to bow upon your knees and say, holy, holy, holy. Freedom, what does it say? When you believe, you will see the glory of God. Listen, I promise you, when you begin to see the glory of God, you will never, ever, ever be the same. Ever. You can do every good work that you ever thought you could do. You could do everything that's imaginable that is possible to be good But until we believe and see the glory of God, it's worthless. It's worthless. This morning, I ask you, do you believe? Do you believe? Has there been a time that you've said yes to God? Yes, I believe. Yes, God, take all of me. Do you believe? Listen, Maybe you would say, Pastor, I know and I believe. As a believer today, are you living a life that is not in freedom and where you feel hopeless? We read just a couple weeks ago, Jesus, God, there's no desire, there's there's no thought within them that we would just live a mundane life. God's desire for each and every one of us today is that we would live life to the fullest, that we would have the abundant life. That is freedom. That is hope. That is joy. That is peace. That is comfort. In the midst of a life and a situation that is hopeless. 
I beg you that I plead with you this morning. If you have never said yes to Jesus, why would you wait? Why would you wait? There was two young men that raised their hand last week and that sat in a room for about 45 minutes to an hour after the service last week and said yes to Jesus. The chains were broken and they said yes. Anthony told me this morning he's been praying for years and years for those young boys. Listen, I don't know what the story will end for those two. But those two young men may change the world because they believed and they got out of hopelessness and they, gave, they were given freedom from an almighty God. This morning, why not that be you? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Again, thank you for checking us out online. If you have never been to one of our services, it would be such an honor to have you as one of our guests. If you have made any decision today, our staff would love to celebrate with you. Would you please email us at info at oasislv.church?